In the early days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed. Finally, the average Joe Libertarian could find a thriving community of independent podcasters and content providers, all in one convenient location. At Libertarian Union, we'll always have the latest news, interviews, discussions, and even movie reviews. With hundreds of episodes and more added all the time, you'll always find something fresh at libertarianunion.com. everyone to episode 34 of the Culture of Peace podcast. My name is Luke Tatum, and this is the show where I interview people who are advancing the message of liberty and changing the culture for the better. I know there's a lot of podcasts out there, and I know that several of you continue to listen to the show every single episode, so that's really cool. I really appreciate the support. Don't hesitate to also share the show with others, leave a review, Leave a rating. Five stars is preferred, of course. And just, uh, you know, spread the word. Get people to listen to me, and I'll work on convincing them to listen to our ideas. So Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that stuff, just check it out. Share it around. Much appreciated. Show notes for today is going to be episode uh, 34, so looptatum.com slash 34 will be where you go. And today I'm talking to Etienne de la Buetti Squared. He is a voluntarist libertarian author exposing the intergenerational organized crimes control of the government and the media. He's the founder of the Art of Liberty Foundation, a startup public policy organization focused on exposing the illegitimacy, illogic, and immorality of government, as well as its criminality from a principled voluntarist perspective. So, Etienne. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's fantastic to be here with you. Well, I'm glad you uh, reached out to me and we could make this happen. I apologize on my side. It was a little bit difficult on the scheduling. But, um, you know, you reached out about your book, which is available, looks like, in both physical form and as a free ebook. I've read through the ebook. And just to give everybody the full title of that, it's Understanding Our Slavery. How Organized Crime Runs the Government and the Media. So give me a quick, I guess, a quick pitch for what the book is, what it's about, and what you're trying to achieve with it. Sure, absolutely. So I am a voluntarist, and so my my thesis is that because you can't delegate rights that you don't have yourself to a representative or to a government, then all of the rights the government claims, if they did not come from we the people, which cannot grant them to the government because they do not possess them uh, themselves, then where does the government get the legitimacy and to do the things that it does? And my thesis is, is that it doesn't have any legitimacy, that it was essentially uh, a scam from the beginning. And um, when monarchy, and I look at monarchy as kind of the original organized crime, but when monarchy fell out of favor 
and the idea of the divine right of kings was no longer selling, they came up with democracy to give the population the illusion that they're in charge, but because monarchy was the original organized crime, they weren't about to uh, let go of power and realize it was very easy for them to control the outcome of elections with uh, disparity of campaign funds, control of the media, um, uh, bribery, blackmail, uh, black box voting machines that have an unaudible paper trail today. And they get away with it because their number one weapon is the control of perception. And so in the book, I chronicle how um, you know, you got a couple of dozen slave owners on a continent of 3 million people got together in a, in a room, um, and wrote down on a fancy piece of paper that they're in charge and they get to make up rules for everyone and steal the wealth of others. And then they had their newspapers proclaim it valid. And they, they've been using this control of perception program, whether in the, and, and, I, and I also cover how in the initial, um, ratification hearings for the constitution they were censoring mail they were uh they were they shut down a newspaper called the pennsylvania herald that was reporting on the anti-federalist case as well as the federalist case the anti-federalists were openly calling uh the federalist conspirators criminals you can read that in the anti-federalist papers and so that 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 system of of you know organized crime you know, giving people uh, this false template that government is legitimate, desirable, and necessary, coupled with control of the media, is giving us the situation that we're in today, where now there's just kind of like an open criminality. The Pentagon can't account for $10 trillion. The post office says it lost $57 billion in the past 10 years. Amtrak says it lost a billion on food and beverage alone in 10 years. Um, the Pentagon has a slush fund called the Bishop's Fund. It just goes on and on. Social Security, Social Security is actuarially impossible. They have no way of explaining how they're going to pay all these promised benefits. So now there's this kind of open, open criminality. And, uh, and that's what I'm exposing in the book, and I'm doing it with visualizations, historical photographs, um, uh, media ownership charts, and infographics and memes in a way that expands the number of people that will engage with any book and also uh, brings visual learners to insight of how the system works you know, much, you know, much quicker. You may or may not believe me if I if I tell you that there's just a hand, small handful of companies uh, running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries, media companies, monopoly media companies to give you the illusion of choice. But if I show you a media ownership chart, you're like, oh, wow, there's a handful of companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries. <laughs> and people come into kind of like a deeper understanding and they're going to retain the information longer. And so the book is really designed to take people from zero to 60 explain how the system works and uh, and expand the number of people that will engage with any book because it's just kind of fascinating to open the book and see the images and the, the media ownership charts, the infographics and the memes. Well, and you definitely started off very directly. It's not, hey, have you ever wondered if every single person in office really has your best interest at heart? It's more I mean, it's more punchy than that, right? So um, it's it's pretty harsh medicine, I guess. And so you have that quote at the beginning, 
In order to be effective, truth must penetrate like an arrow, and that is likely to hurt. I'd never heard that before. It's pretty funny. And so I'm, I'm wondering if you could speak a bit about your decision to be so direct, because certainly there's plenty of books out there that that aren't, you know, and it's more more of a roundabout kind of let's try to think about this slightly differently and walking through. So so why didn't you go that route? So it, it is um, it is a tough message to bring because I have so many friends and family that, that work for the government or served or still serve in the military. Hmm. And, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I try and bring this message with love, but I just don't know any other way to kind of explain the reality of the situation. But this intergenerational organized crime system has been using kind of all of the tools and the techniques of an unethically manipulative cult to slide the population a pseudo-religion, statism. And for those that are uh, un- unfamiliar with statism, statism is, is essentially the uh, indoctrinated belief in government. It is, the, it is the idea that government is it is legitimate that some group of that some people get to rule and use violence on other on on other people, and that it is necessary, and that it is desirable to have a government. And there is no iron law of the universe that says that you have to have a government and there is no iron law. And there is, it's definitely not moral or logical that, you know, that one group of people, because some people choose to vote in a political ritual now get the ability to use violence and force on other people. And so the way that they have to slide it to the population is again, they've been using the tools and techniques of an unethically manipulative cult to slide people a religion um, but they don't call it a religion, but they do it when you're young. And so that these ideas kind of take root, uh, in fertile soil and you grow up, you know, thinking that it is legitimate because a couple of dozen slave owners wrote down on a fancy piece of paper that they're in charge hundreds and hundreds of years ago that, that, you know, that, that people really believe that they owe them their money and that their allegiance and that the, and, you know, that these rules, you know, become take on kind of like a religious, you know, uh, commandment connotation. And so what I'm doing in the book is I'm exposing the first part of the book exposes 20 plus techniques. And I show what those I explain what the techniques are. And then I show what that technique looked like in Nazi Germany, in the former Soviet Union, in East Germany and in the United States. And I show what it looks like in each time and place, because the other thing that I do in the book is I expose these kind of hidden patterns. And then once you realize, oh, hey, wait a minute, you know, here's 20 plus techniques that the Nazis and the Soviets and the East German Jews and the U.S. is using them as well. You know, once you realize that it's a playbook and that it's the government and the media working together, then you can't kind of get fooled again. But I am, I'm calling it a cult and I'm, I'm kind of exposing some of these techniques, forcing children to go to mandatory government schools where they're forced to do the common prayer of the Pledge of Allegiance. All of them have a youth program where the kids get awards, Cub Scout Adventure Loops or Boy Scout Merit Badges for how to pay your taxes, how to caress the flag. 
the, the youth program gets creepy uh, later on. Now we're going to militarize the kids. We're going to shave their heads. We're going to put them in the uniform, the single form conformity. We're going to give them guns. We're going to teach them how to kill. Um, the, uh, you know, they take all the kids, uh, to Washington, DC, generally in middle school. They take them into the cathedral of the Capitol where the building is oversized to make you feel kind of small and insignificant. They take you to the temples along the Potomac. They take you into the temple. They show you the deities of, of Lincoln and Jefferson. And they're just kind of slowly conditioning people into this kind of religion of statism. And if you haven't, if you, if you, if you didn't understand that this program was being used and you weren't familiar with how the, how it's being, uh, and how the media is participating by weaving this patriotism and this, uh, statism into, uh, into propaganda, into movies, into television shows. This is why the government is always the hero, whether it's an FBI agent or the CIA agent or the president of the United States flying fighter jets to protect country against invading aliens this is why the government is always the hero uh cia dod uh, have been involved in 800 plus movies 1000 plus television shows they're product placing the flag into into movies and i've got uh i've got examples and like the michael bay movies where you've got literally got almost 500 product placements of a flat of the flag and in, in in a dozen movies and so what I'm doing is I'm exposing uh, the propaganda system. I'm exposing the companies and the organizations behind it. And I'm doing that in a way that brings people to insight very, very quickly. So is it your position then that it's always been this bad? Or could you point to like a starting point? I mean, you've referenced the Constitution a couple of times. And of course, I think we both agree that's illegitimate. You can't just walk into a small room and decide to rule everybody. But is that like, is the present system now directly traceable to that? Or has there been some major historical events that were shifts towards the negative side? I mean, I'm just wondering where the roots are. Well, I mean, I, I think the roots go all the way back to, you know, to monarchy and to conquest mm -hmm. and the, you know, the idea that uh, uh, um, the kind of the conquest version of history is that, you know, kind of roving bands of marauders would, would raid individual settlements. And originally they would kind of take everything. And, uh, and then they realized over time that if they, you know, they didn't want to, they didn't want to necessarily take everything because then they couldn't come back next year and rob them again. And so ultimately they just began kind of garrisoning people, you know, they're kind of the, the troops among the conquered, uh, people and the people would just give a fraction of their income and crops to the marauders. And the marauders kind of became the government and the monarchy. And, and like I said, over time, I mean, if you want to, if you're, if you're robbing the population, you're giving them these ideas and these templates of why it's okay that you get to rob them and, and how that you get to rob them. And, uh, you know, cause we had this election and, and, and this guy got 25, 20, you know, 6% of, of the people voted for him. Now, 100% of everybody in the country has to pay money to the government and that this idea that it's legitimate to be ruled 
um, there's got to be, you know, that, that uh, there's, they've, you know, throughout all of kind of recorded human history from monarchs to democratic constitutional republics, they give the population uh, these kind of stories and, you know, reasons why it's legitimate for them to, to, to rob people. But now, now I think the, in the information age, it's kind of crazy obvious that we're being, you know, that we're now being, it is, you know, absolutely kind of, you know, uh, grand theft nation in Washington, <laughs> D.C. And whether you're looking at the cylinder scandal, whether you're looking at the Pentagon can't account for $10 trillion, whether you're looking at the Pentagon's Bishop Fund, slush fund, whether you're looking at uh, the Navy's Fat Leonard scandal, whether you're looking at the fact that they're that they can't account for $6.6 billion of, uh, of cash, of physical cash that they flew into, a, into Iraq or Iran, whether you're looking at the military industrial complex fraud, whether you're looking at, you know, uh, $4,000 coffee cups or $10,000 toilet seats. I mean, we are being robbed wholesale. And right. the only reason that they really get away with it is because it's the government and the media working together and the media is giving the population this idea that it's legitimate and we're going to and the CIA has a you know has kind of a, a rules of deception um, uh, that they they came out with kind of years ago where they where they talked about you know the way like uh, uh, how to how to you know successfully deceive kind of targeted audiences and in their own playbook of you know how to how to deceive target audience, I'm just going to read you kind of like a quick quote. But sure. it's a uh, deception becomes more difficult as the number of channels of information available to the target increases. However, within limits, the greater the number of controlled channels, the greater the likelihood the deception will be believed. And so now, you know, I mentioned that, you know, some of the, uh, in the book, I've got some media ownership charts showing six companies controlling hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries to give everyone the illusion that there is a diversity of opinion and a diversity of information in, you know, that they're, that they're looking at. But if you, if you understand what's going on, it's this small handful of companies operating as a cartel. And they're controlling every screen and deceiving every audience. And the main message is, is that government, the government is legitimate, that uh, it's legitimate that we're ruling you. But really, if you just kind of, you know, use kind of basic logic and morality and ethics, anybody can, you know, kind of very quickly understand that because I don't have, if I don't have the right to steal your money and make up rules for you. I can't delegate a right. I don't have myself to a representative or to a government. So it's impossible for these rights to have come from the people. And so the whole mythology just kind of falls apart, but most people never ever encounter the, the idea that it may be illegitimate, that this may have been, you know, a complete scam from the beginning. And so they're never ever, and they're definitely not going to encounter it in the mandatory government school system. And so, um, uh, you really have to, you know, you really have to kind of wake people up individually kind of like one by one. And so that's what I'm trying to do with the book is give people the most effective tool, 
that can take somebody kind of from zero to 60, explain how the system is working and kind of expose the, uh, this media um, propaganda system that is controlling every screen and deceiving every audience. Well, I really like how the book is laid out. I like your breakdown for the first roughly 30 pages, you know, separating in, into uh, categories and showing, like you had mentioned, the Soviet Union, East Germany, U.S., and then Germany under the Nazis. And so that's great. Very helpful. Quick comparison chart rather than just paragraph for paragraph of you know, theorizing around the information. It's just right there. You kind of flip through and that's even a quick reference chart for people, which is great. So I definitely want people to check out the book, but I am curious, um, you know, without giving too much of what's in there away on the air so that people will check it out after, I, I am curious if you could get more in depth with your critique against the media because, you know, it's everybody's favorite scapegoat these days. It's kind of... You know, there's a populism that Donald Trump has stirred up um, regarding the media. He, the whole fake news thing has been going on for a while now. So I'm curious, like, you're not making the same case that Donald Trump is. You know, he's kind of fits into this whole picture, right? So what is, I mean, what's your position? I know Lou Rockwell would say that the media is the fourth branch of the government, Mm-hmm. And it, that's not literally true. They're ostensibly private companies, right? Uh, they are ostensibly private companies. But if you take a look at what they're doing, they're kind of operating as a cartel. And they're in lockstep among all the issues that are important to the ruling, kind of the, we'll call it the ruling system. And so what my kind of my thesis is, is the most powerful weapon in the world is control of perception. If I can make you believe, if you believe in your heart that you're not, you're not just the human being, you're not just an earthling, but you, because you were born on this side or that side of some imaginary line, you're an American or a Canadian, and you believe in your heart that you owe the people that are telling you that your money and that you're willing to put on a costume and go to a foreign land and kill other people, well, that's a crazy, crazy, crazy powerful weapon to be able to wield over the population. And all you have to do is control the information they receive, and you can kind of program human beings like a computer. And so part of that control of perception program is the mandatory government school system. We're going to raise you in these you know, government schools, we're going to have you doing the common prayer of the, of the Pledge of Allegiance and the, and the national anthem. And we're going to thousands and thousands of repetitions of the pledge. And, the, and we're going to have the youth programs and we're going to have the JROTC and we're going to have all of that. But the other half of it is we're going to control the information you receive through this media and propaganda system. And because because the bank the you know and I, I don't want to give give away too much but you know <laughs> because some of the but some of these organized crime interests are banks that are creating money out of thin air using fractional reserve banking right and the first thing that they did with they that that they bought was the media so the media wouldn't tell you about it and so the examples in the book you know I go back to you can see this control perception program I mentioned at the ratification of the constitution 
you can see this control of perception program where they used a uh, the most popular magazine in the country called the Youth's Companion in a media in a, in a media campaign targeting kids in 1892. They got military socialism. They got the Pledge of Allegiance. They got the Bellamy salute, which it, instead of before we did the hand over the heart, we essentially did you know what is kind of most people know as the Nazi salute. It was originally called the Bellamy salute. Uh, it was sold to the population uh, by you know a, a a Freemason run magazine pushing military socialism into the schools, getting the federal flag. They had a premium program that would get the federal flag into the classrooms where it had never been before. And they, and they, and they popularized military socialism because you have to have socialism. If you want to control people and if you want to rob them, you've got to have government, you have to have government, you have to have socialism, which gives people the reason, you know, like the justification why they're being robbed. And then you can kind of throw some chicken feed with respect to the social programs and the, that, you know, some, some portion of the population wants. But the reality is, is, you know, you're stealing the rest out the back through the tarp and the TALF and the military industrial complex fraud and the bank bailouts and the Pentagon's, you know, uh, Bishop's fund. And, and, and so you're, you're, it, it, it looks, like a human rights organization from the outside, but the reality to anybody that is, you know, kind of, uh, 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 seen how the sausage is being made is that <laughs> we're getting robbed wholesale. And the mm -hmm. only way they get away with it is they've got six monopoly media company, kind of old school monopoly, monopoly media companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries and kind of the old school, movie, film, television, radio, newspaper side. And then they have about a dozen new media internet companies that I believe were financed from the beginning to control perception on the DARPA, ARPA internet. And so I've seen network maps of the ARPA internet from 1973 and 1974, where they had hundreds and hundreds of, um, research institutions, government uh, facilities, universities on the internet in, in the early 1970s. And so I think they had the internet for a decade before we did. I think they knew the important, you know, companies. I think they understood how important social media was going to be. I think they understood how big retail was going to be. I think they understood, uh, you know, how big um, search was going to be. And so, um, uh, in addition to the book, I've got a, uh, a eight gig flash drive that we call the liberator and we've got articles showing how the CIA created Google. We've got articles showing the background of Facebook was a DARPA program called LifeLog. We have kind of other evidence that suggests that these companies were provided unlimited, um, unlimited, uh, capital to monopolize their own um, industries, kind of, uh, you know, whether it's search or whether it's social media to ensure that the dominant platforms that were on top could be used to control perception so that you're, that no matter what screen you're looking at, if it's an old school screen, it's these six companies running hundreds of subsidiaries. If it's a new, a, a, a new internet screen, it's about a dozen companies. It's, 
it's Amazon, Google, U- Google slash YouTube, uh, discuss the content engine, Reddit, Wikipedia, um, meetup, uh, and a handful of others, Twitter. These are the companies that are controlling perception. And there's massive, massive evidence that they are lying and, and either, either outright censoring people. So on Facebook, you've got massive evidence of, of, uh, of voluntarists and libertarians and conservatives and whistleblowers being taken off the Facebook platform, their content being demonetized. Um, and at the same time, you've got massive uh, evidence of Google throwing the election to Hillary, you know, auto-censoring the uh, auto-completes so that Google doesn't suggest anything that might be negative to the Hillary campaign and a variety of other times where Google has been caught, you know, um, essentially trying to steer human perception or to censor uh, certain voices or to magnify other voices. And you see these companies doing this across platform as well. So in October, when Facebook took down uh, it was like 271 people and I want to say almost 600 pages off Facebook. Some of the, the alternative media organizations that they got t- taken down, I know Free Thought Project is a good example. Yeah. They were taken down off of Facebook. They were taken, they were had their Twitter account uh, d- uh, deleted the same day and they had, they got a strike against their YouTube channel all on the same day. And so while these companies appear to be ostensibly private companies operating alone, in reality, they're operating in a coordinated effort to silence the alternative media and alternative voices on the Internet. And that's one of the things that we're exposing in the book and with uh, the, the, uh, the Liberator flash drive that has eight gig of evidence backing up everything in the book. Well, it's definitely a lot to take in, especially if you haven't heard this kind of thing before. Um, I'm still all the time learning things about how the CIA, you know, funds tech companies so that they can control their development and and all sorts of things like that that you touched on. So crazy world out there, and there's always more to learn. So it's good to have resources like this. Um, Now, how can people uh, go and get the book and how can they get the flash drive and, and all of that. And then I have one more question for you. Uh, sure. So the, so the, um, so the book is, uh, if you want to understand our slavery, you have to go to understanding where the book is available in hard copy for $25. The flash drive is $15. We've got a deal where you can get both for $35 that I, that I kind of highly recommend. And even if you, Kind of it, it, for the for those in the audience that kind of already know this information, this book has really been written for your friends, your family, and your loved ones uh, to be able to take them kind of from zero to sixty, uh, designed kind of scientifically to kind of wake people up. And so, you know, human beings are really good pattern recognition machines. And so, I you know I gave some of the examples of you know like once you're able to see the historical pattern. You know, people, I've, you know, people just kind of click and they're like, oh, I've never really, I've never really noticed that, you know, I've never really noticed that before because it was hidden. Right. So, and you know, the, the media ownership charts, another example, you know, you, you, people probably didn't realize there was this concentration, but when they physically can see it, then they, they come to this kind of deeper understanding of, oh, this is how they've been doing it. 
And so, uh, so, uh, both of those are available on the, you know, the flash drive and, and the same, uh, it, I've got a portion of it in the, in the book. Uh, you can get the PDF of the book for free on the website and the PDF version is hypertext linked to all of the authoritative scholarship backing up all of the major claims. Yeah, I was clicking through some of those links. So very, very good stuff. And thank you, first of all, for doing that uh, amazing work because it's it's quite comprehensive and I'm sure that people will enjoy it if they check it out. So I'll have a link over at luketatum.com slash 34 for today's episode. You can just go there directly if you, for some reason, can't remember the awesome book title, Understanding Our Slavery. But I do want to ask, because I'm starting to do this on every episode, uh, one final question. So um, here we go. It's, what is your brief assessment of the state of the culture in the United States today? I suspect I already know the answer to this. And what is your prescription for improving it? Because I know your book has some positive steps you can take once you realize what's going on. Yeah, so the state of the culture is what I like to call an artificial culture. And so if you're, if you're controlling, if your weapon is control of perception and you're, and you're robbing the people in a kind of tax slavery where they don't really understand how they're getting robbed, then you want, if you're running slaves, you don't want them to be, uh, you know, you want them to be kind of dumbed down inebriated, drugged up, uh, you know, you're, so you're going to give them gangster rap. You're going to give them, um, uh, negative influences. You're going, you know, it's going to be alcohol commercials on TV 24 seven. It's going to be, you know, uh, uh, you want, you know, the population drugged up on everything from Zoloft to Paxil or, you know, uh, uh, you know, SSRIs, you want them to be eating garbage food. You want them to be, you know, to not be able to kind of resist. And so, so I think that we're, we're, it's, it's a weaponized culture that is designed to uh, kind of dumb down and uh, make the population easy to control. And so what my prescription is, is to really do is to expose it. And so I mentioned that the book was kind of designed at the beginning to, take somebody from zero to 60, but it was, uh, but the book and the flash drive have really been designed for kind of mass distribution. And, uh, I'm, uh, I'm a part of something called the free state project where 20,000 plus, uh, Liberty activists have pledged and are moving to New Hampshire to concentrate our efforts on freeing one specific state and widely exposing the illegitimacy the illogic and the immorality of government. And so uh, the Art of Liberty Foundation, which is my nonprofit that is uh, that both is kind of uh, kind of two twofold. Number one, it's to study the uh, to study our, our political problems, not as political problems, but as organized crime running the government and the media from a you know, scholarly principled voluntarist standpoint. But it's also designed to, you know, how do you effectively disseminate the ideas of liberty and the and, and this massive evidence of government criminality when organized crime is controlling Facebook, social media, 
and the media itself. And so that is why the book and the flash drive were designed from the outset for widespread hand-to-hand distribution. And um, I'm uh, promoting something that we call the, the pre-state project. Oh. And the pre-state project is, is um, kind of um, the, the free state project is trying to get 20,000 plus people to move to New Hampshire to work for effective change, free staters call people that have already lived in New Hampshire and support the ideas of liberty. They call them pre-staters. And so what my thesis is, is that I want to accelerate what the free state project is doing by targeting the libertarian leaning in New Hampshire with flash drives and book drops, pushing people to town hall meetings where we widely expose the criminality of the government, the illogical nature, the immorality of the government, very, very widely in a way that we can kind of funnel people to the liberty organizations, the social and political uh, um, liberty networks that the Free State Project has uh, has um, built here. And really don't exist any place else. There's the densest. Uh, I'm on the ground and in, in here in New Hampshire. I've been here for three weeks. It's absolutely unbelievable what the Free State Project has built. And so now I want to I want to kind of widely expose the illegitimacy and criminality of government to the libertarian leaning. And hey, look, check it out. We've got all your friends and neighbors are already kind of uh, uh, working to uh, either expose it or to bring in libertarian free market alternatives to New Hampshire. And New Hampshire is really the only place that's going in the opposite direction. Everybody else is going kind of socialist. New Hampshire is rolling back rules and regulations. They call it the New Hampshire advantage. And I think that New Hampshire can serve as kind of a laboratory of liberty where New Hampshire can lead the country in showing how to privatize uh, how to uh, roll back government, eliminate uh, regulations, reduce taxes, and kind of prove that you can have ha- happy, healthy, successful, pro- prosperous, and harmonious societies without government. And so I think we can win everywhere, but first we have to win somewhere. And that somewhere really is New Hampshire. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, to, to help the Free State Project by, you know, by by taking this information and making it and putting it into um, a format where people can easily uh, uh, consume it, come to insight on it, and then give them easy solutions to what, to what, uh, and that's the kind of the last part of the book is easy solutions for, for real freedom. And so um, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, shopping at your local farmer's market, whether it's pulling your kids out of the government school system and homeschooling them. I've got a variety of different solutions that can help you find real freedom. And I think that we can win here on the ground in New Hampshire. And I think it can serve as a template for the United States initially and ultimately the world to prove that we can have harmonious and prosperous societies without the violence of government. Well, I love it, man. And I definitely need to make it up to New Hampshire. I'm down here in Texas, which is in danger of turning blue and going even further in the wrong direction, as you mentioned. So um, definitely got to come check it out. 
meet all you guys and and who knows maybe i'll make it to pork fest or something next year but only time will tell um again the book everyone is understanding our slavery how organized crime runs the government and the media great book definitely should check it out it's not what you're expecting when you hear oh there's a book about libertarianism or voluntarism it's not just paragraphs and paragraphs of double space pages uh, excuse me double space lines um with just just text it's very visual it's very smartly laid out and there's a lot of really good references so definitely look at the free ebook version first so you can check out all the the hypertext links and then go get yourself a physical copy that you can share with others etienne thanks so much for being on the show today thank you luke and uh thank you to all your audience and freedom worldwide <laughs>